0: Welcome, welcome, greetings and salutations. It's me, Michael Anthony, Judas for the All Things Billy podcast. And I'm feeling very, uh, <laughs> very mature. I'm sitting here next to the fireplace. I've got a little drink next to me, water and cherry juice. And uh, my little dog, Bella, is sleeping in her bed. And it's a, a Friday night, another wild Friday night in New Mexico. And uh, so today's episode, I wanted to do something fun. The last the first couple have been really serious and uptight. Uh, this episode is titled 10 Things: Young Guns Got Wrong." Young Guns: the famous movie starring Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, etc., etc, etc. And for many of us, uh, well, first of all, young guns got a lot more than 10 things wrong if you're going to be a stickler for history but that's okay it wasn't designed to be a documentary of billy's life it was designed to be a dramatized theatrical film and it was great it's how i first you know came to know billy the kid um and it's you know still considered a classic to this day so uh young guns got a lot of stuff wrong but that's okay that's the way hollywood films are supposed to be um I hear people say a lot. Oh, how come they don't just make a movie of Billy's real life? That's more interesting, anyway. Um, no, it's kind of not actually. I mean, it's really not. There are some interesting things. Clearly, the Lincoln County War, the uh, uh, the, the uh, escape from uh, Lincoln, and then the showdown with Garrett and Fort Sumner, whatever happened. But you know, Billy arrives in. Lincoln in 1877, and he's shot and killed by Garrett in 1881, or he's not, you know, whatever happened. Uh, that's four years, and a lot of those four years are, you know, steal a few cows, gamble for a week or two, steal a few horses, gamble for a week or two, maybe get into a gunfight or something. Like, it's just, it, it, there's there needs to be some more because there's so much we don't really know we don't know what Billy was all that much like. We don't know for sure who he dated or who you know what how many women he had. We just don't know. So when you make a dramatized movie and you gotta keep an audience's attention for two hours, you you make stuff up. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you want the real history, go watch documentary. At least a good one that has that. But anyway, so today we're gonna talk about ten things that young guns got wrong if you'd like to uh, join in the action on the show it's pretty simple all you need to do is email me at billy the kid rides again at or you can follow the show on twitter at btk rides at btk rides you can leave a message there comment show note whatever idea etc 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 you can find the show where all podcasts are found uh, stitcher apple podcast google Spotify, uh, you know, on, onward and onward. And if you uh, look me up, Michael Anthony Judisici on YouTube, I found a way to convert the show to a YouTube video, just audio really. Um, so you can listen right on YouTube if you prefer. Tell your friends, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've got some really fun projects uh, coming up this year, 2022. I'm going back to my one day only series, which is where I take a, one old west legend and bring them back to life for one day and interview them about their life and their times and their sins and their crimes but i'm going to go beyond the old west we'll dip into the civil war we'll dip into politics we'll dip into world war one two they're relatively easy to shoot so i'm looking forward to it but anyway enough of that we've got more time for those kind of things when we have more time but now Ten things Young Guns got wrong. Thing number one: uh, in the film Young Guns, uh, John Tunstall was an older man. Uh, he was uh, played by Terence Stamp, if I remember correctly, and he looked to be probably in his fifties. And uh, he was a very fatherly figure to the young men. He's educating young boys, giving them you know some skills they could use beyond a life out on the plains. Uh, but in truth, John Tunstall was not an old man. He was born in 1853 in Hackney, London. Uh, he uh, died 1878, February 18th, and was killed at age 24. 24 years old is when he was killed. Uh, he immigrated at age 19 to British Columbia, Canada. And uh, so John Tunstall as the fatherly paternal figure you know overseeing this group of young uh, gunmen and you know giving them an education and a job and you know uh looking after them uh, that actually didn't happen Tunstall was a businessman a shrewd businessman a very driven calculating businessman if you read some of the letters he wrote back home to his family he intended to do the exact same thing that Murphy and Dolan had done to Lincoln County although he was going to do it with a smile and he might buy you dinner first um and so uh John Tunstall not a fatherly <laughs> old man but a young man of 24 cut down uh really well before the prime of his life now in the, from the movie standpoint i can understand why you make tunstall older and why you why you give him that you know those characteristics because uh i i think it's john fusco as i think that's the way you pronounce it uh, when he's writing the movie, uh, he's got to very quickly establish, hey, why why are all these young men together, right? In other words, what what's the common bond that draws them together? And you can't start the movie with Tunstall going to British Columbia and then going to California and then meeting McSween and then opening a cattle like you can't do all that. People would be bored out of their minds. So you got to get them really really quickly. And so you you find out quickly that Tunstall you know, has given these boys this this life and this livelihood. And they're all about the same age. So it's a good writer's uh, technique to explain why you're seeing what you're seeing. But John Tunstall died at 24, was not in his early 50s. Thing number two, that young guns got wrong. Uh, in the movie, John Tunstall is killed. He's driving a wagon home after a New Year's Eve celebration. Looked like it was a New Year's Eve celebration, if I remember right. But uh, he uh, is driving the wagon home. He's got his regulators with him. They uh, start up a flock of wild turkeys and they all ride off going to shoot them. So they have, you know, something good to eat later. Billy is the last one. And Tunstall says, go on, Billy, go on. And uh, Billy goes on ahead, just as the posse rides over the hill. And then Tunstall looks to Billy. Billy looks to Tunstall in their last moment. And then uh, the posse cuts Tunstall down as he stands in the wagon. Um, And uh, Billy wants to ride back. And uh, Kiefer Sutherland says, no, there's too many of them. Well, it didn't really happen that way. Didn't happen that way at all. Actually, Tunstall was on horseback. Uh, The buckboard, Fred Waite, the wagon, Fred Waite had been driving that and had taken a different route back to Lincoln. Tunstall and his men were driving nine horses back to Lincoln that Tunstall was trying to preserve, keep from Brady's detachment process, but he was on horseback. Uh, He was uh, with John Middleton and Bonnie near the back of the pack, Billy Bonnie. uh, When the posse came into sight, Middleton spurs his horse away and is yelling for Tunstall to follow him. Tunstall is confused. Watch on, watch on. And ultimately rides up to, the posse rides up to him and they kind of chase him off the trail. The regulators actually never see Tunstall being shot. A few seconds after he's chased off the trail, they hear the shots and they assume at that point that Tunstall's dead. You know, Three or four on one, um, he's probably not going to shoot his way out of that. So it was not some dramatic early morning, uh, you know, uh, death, spectacular death scene in a wagon. It was actually early evening and it was well out of sight of anybody except for the men that shot him. That was February 18th, 1878. So that's the second thing that young guns got wrong. And the reason uh, that I thought of this episode is my buddy, Brandon Dixon. And if you don't know Brandon, you should. Uh, Brandon runs the Facebook Billy the Kid group called Billy the Kid, the Lincoln County Wars and more. But Brandon is also a tour guide. He runs the Most Dangerous Street in America tour. And he's really, really knowledgeable. He lives over in Ruidoso, real close to Lincoln. And uh, when I was writing my last book book number five in my back to Billy trilogy entitled one week in Lincoln. Uh, I asked Brandon if I could make a character out of him and he said, yeah, sure. Go for it, whatever you want. And so I made him Brandon, the tour guide, <laughs> no big stretch there. Um, and so I talked to Brandon as I was writing it and I said, Hey, you know, what, what are the, what are the things you hear most often? Like what are the questions you you get? Um, what are the things that people want to know? Um, those kind of things. And he said, Oh, more than anything else, it's people who have watched young guns and they either want to quote the movie or they want to know why Lincoln doesn't look like it did in the movie. Like, you know, where did all these things happen because this doesn't look anything like what we saw on screen. And so I used a bunch of those uh, scenarios when I was writing the book and I had my main character, Martin's wife, Lily, who i watched Young Guns and was really into it. And Sheeb was the one that kept piping up with one annoying question after another. And so that made me think of figuring out all the things that Young Guns may have gotten wrong. So check out Brandon Dixon, the Deadliest Street in America Tour. And you can find his Facebook group, Billy the Kid, Lincoln County Wars, and more. A guy's a wealth of knowledge, just seems to know it all. All right, let's go back to it. Uh, number three thing that young guns got wrong wrong <laughs> in the movie. Uh, sheriff Brady is killed later in the war, not at the beginning. And it's Billy who kills him and he skips out <laughs> on main street behind Brady takes his hat off, throws it in front of Brady and then grabs Brady's guns and then kills the sheriff with his own guns in front of his deputies who, for whatever reason, don't do anything. Um, Uh, Reap the whirlwind. Brady, reap it. Yeah, that didn't happen uh, like that at all. Uh, First of all, Brady is just about uh, the first person killed, other than Morton Baker and McCloskey, on the Dolan side. And uh, Brady's killed on April 1st, 1878. And so Tunsil was killed on February 18th. So about, what, six, five or six weeks later, Brady is killed. And it's there's six regulators behind the corral wall around the Tunstall store. One of them is Billy Bonney, and they lay in ambush and cut down Brady and uh, Hindman, one of his deputies. They fire on Brady and four deputies. So it's an ambush. It's certainly not anybody walking out onto the street and uh, skipping behind and taking Brady's own guns, um, and uh, the the killing of sheriff. Brady, probably a pretty big misstep in the, uh, in the war overall. It turned some of the public sentiment against the regulators and made it much tougher for them to, uh, you know, to operate. And ultimately, uh, that was the beginning of the end of the Lincoln County War. But there were certainly more battles to be had. So Brady not killed solely by Billy out on Main Street as his deputies looked impotently on. Uh, Thing number four that Young Guns got wrong. Henry Hill, if you remember in Young Guns, the first guy that the regulators go after is a guy named Henry Hill. Now, when I hear Henry Hill, I think of the mobster, right? The guy from Goodfellas, Ray Liotta played him, but he was actually a real life mobster, half Irish, half Italian guy who went into the witness protection program when he flipped uh, and became a, a state's witness. Uh, Henry Hill was involved in things throughout his entire life. He was in witness protection, but he called in the Howard Stern show all the time. He never seemed to be hiding very much. Uh, So that's the Henry Hill that I know. But in Young Guns, they have a warrant for Henry Hill, and they go to this bar uh, saloon, I guess, out in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of like a shack. And Henry Hill gets up, and he's got a He's got to use the uh, facilities. And Billy goes in and says, are you Henry Hill? And then he shoots and kills him. And then there's a spectacular gunfight. A couple more guys are killed as uh, Brewer yells, we're the law. We got warrants. You know, we're not supposed to smoke anybody. And uh, anyway, Billy just decides that he'll he'll just kill anybody that gets in his way. Well, uh, first of all, there was no Henry Hill. Uh, It seems like the man that they were probably referencing was Tom Hill, and Tom Hill was very likely one of the men who chased uh, Tunstall off the trail and may have shot him. Tom Hill was not killed during the Lincoln County War, to uh, the research that uh, I was able to do, and so there may have been a warrant for Tom Hill, but it was never served, he was never shot in some saloon, and there was no Henry Hill. Uh, That Henry Hill grew up to be (laughs) a mobster. Thing number five that Young Guns got wrong. In the movie, Buckshot Roberts, you remember this, played by Brian Keith, uh, rides up uh, to Blazers Mills as the regulators are eating lunch. And uh, the tension is running high between Dick Brewer and Billy. And Billy and Dick have a verbal altercation. They both draw their guns. And Billy says, I could have killed you, Dick. I could have killed you. But I don't want to kill you. I want to eat. (laughs) And so uh, then Dick says, after we're done eating, we'll go outside and we'll see who has the the right to run this bunch of regulators. Okay. Uh, Then somebody says, mighty well-heeled man coming. They look, it's Buckshot Roberts. And they go outside to confront him. Now, in the movie, Buckshot Roberts is this older guy. He's got the buckskin on and he uh, gets off real casual and he goes, uh, you know, kids worth 150. The rest of you little shits are only worth 75, but I'll take it. And he drops his, uh, uh, I think he drops his uh, Winchester on the ground, picks up another one. He goes, all right, let's dance. So in other words, he rides up right in front of him throws a gun down picks another one up and then starts shooting at him uh, the gunfight at Blazers Mills didn't take place or didn't ha- happen anything like that whatsoever okay uh, actually the regulators did see buckshot Roberts coming buckshot Roberts was not a was a non-combatant in the Lincoln County War he saw the trouble coming and he had sold his farm if I Remember that right, and was just waiting for the check to arrive, which is the what brought him to blazer's mills. He was waiting for the check for the purchase price, and he was riding out for safer environs, so he had no idea he was riding into a group of regulators. there was no bounty on them he wasn't chasing them down or anything like that when they saw him ride up, Frank Coe, one of the co uh, uh, brothers uh, George and Frank Co. Uh, Frank Franco knew Buckshot Roberts, went around front of the house and sat down on the steps and talked to him for quite a while, tried to convince him to give up. There was a warrant, apparently, for Buckshot Roberts, even though he didn't really have any part in the killing of Tunstall. And Buckshot just said, nope, you know, if I give up, they'll kill me, so I can't do it. And eventually Brewer, Dick Brewer, got tired of waiting for Frank Franco to talk some sense into the guy, sent some men around. Roberts stood up, and that's when the gunfire erupted. Um, a lot of the rest of that scene, although uh, Roberts didn't wind up in the outhouse, but a lot of the rest of that scene where uh, he shot Brewer when you know, Dick uh, lifted his head up from behind cover and Buckshot Roberts barricaded himself in a building behind some mattresses, found a sharps rifle, uh, You know, the rest of the scene played out a lot like what happened, but Thing number five Young Guns got wrong is Buckshot Roberts (laughs) didn't ride up and start firing on these guys chasing a bounty. He was looking for his check, and he was looking to get the heck out of town. All right. Number six thing that Young Guns got wrong. Doc Skurlock was not chasing an Asian girl, a Celestial, as they like to call her, named Yin Sun, (laughs) through Lincoln. Uh, he definitely was not doing that. First of all, there's no historical record of Yin's son in Lincoln, although it was a nice touch by the writers to bring a little romance to it and give Doc, and again, a, a writer's vehicle to make him seem more genteel, more cultured, those kind of things, right? He's doctor. He's going to be a school teacher from the city of New York. So, it, the way that you write it is you you make a you, you give this guy a soft side. He's a poet now. He's seeing this pretty girl who's under duress and distress from being, uh, you know, Brady's con- I don't know, Brady's, uh, 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 Murphy's concubine, and Doc tries to rescue her. So it's a good way to to introduce a different aspect of the character and make them more dimensional than simply, uh, you know, these uh, young gunfighters. Well. There's no yin son and Doc Skerlock wasn't chasing her. Why is that? Well Doc married Maria Herrera in uh, on October nineteenth, eighteen seventy-six. Eighteen seventy-six. So that would be at least a year and a half, uh, coming up on two years by the end of the war, before uh, the you know, the the uh, before he ever went to Lincoln and started fighting. So he was a married man. Ultimately he and uh uh maria had 10 children 10 children doc Skirlock did um also you see in the movie that doc appears to be you know all the guys are about the same age maybe dick's a little older but doc was actually born in 1849 and during the lincoln county war he would have been 29 almost 30 years old so uh at more than 10 years older than billy Um, and a married man. And uh, there's some evidence that uh, Charlie Bowdry, which we'll get to next, and uh, Doc owned a cheese factory, and that Billy was an employee of theirs for a short period of time. Um, I like cheese. So anyway, uh, there you go. Doc was not chasing Yin's son around, did not ride off into the sunset with her, and did not become a schoolteacher in the city of New York. (laughs) thing number seven that young guns got wrong in the movie charlie Bowdry meets a little mexican girl and after he has sex with her the first time i think he proposes to her and uh, he's going to get married so okay well that's nice charlie is kind of the underdog in the movie um, that actually didn't happen during the lincoln county war uh charlie uh, about the same time that Doc got married in October eighteen seventy six, Charlie married Maria Herrera's sister Manuela, making her Manuela Bowdry and uh, so he wasn't he didn't have a little Mexican girl that he was had sex with one time was going to marry during the war. He was married for a couple of years before the Lincoln County War even started. Uh, Charlie was born in eighteen forty eight, so he was actually a year older than Doc. So you like to, you see him in Young Guns and you think he's kind of the younger, one of the younger ones, closer to Billy's age, you know, not very confident, those kind of things. But uh, Charlie Bowdry was one of the uh, senior men, (laughs) senior citizens of the regulators uh, way back then and uh, had been married for a couple years already. All right, so what are we up to here? We're up to point number eight, things that young guns got wrong. With all the things it did right, it wasn't very true to history, but that's okay. But number eight is, in the movie, you'll see the regulators attend what I think is a New Year's Eve celebration, if I remember it right, and Billy meets Pat Garrett and his wife for the first time, Pat Garrett and his wife walk in, we have a request for the band, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So that would have had to be, if it was New Year's Eve, that would have had to be 1877. Um, Based on everything I could find, Pat Garrett arrives in New Mexico from Texas in 1879. He's been buffalo hunting in Texas until the buffalo are just obliterated and there's nothing really left to hunt. He makes his way to Fort Sumner. But that's 1879, so that's a full two years after the New Year's Eve celebration in Yungun. So it's uh, if Billy was uh, either casual or close friends with Garrett, it uh, very likely or almost definitely did not happen in 1877 because Pat Garrett just hadn't been here yet. All right, moving on. Point number nine. Uh, In the movie, you see the McSween house at the end, the big fire and the escape, Uh, and it's a two-story, looks kind of like a farmhouse type thing. Uh, The upstairs for sure is wooden, the downstairs looks like it probably was too. Um, That was not even close to what the McSween house looked like. In fact, the McSween house was an adobe, one level, U-shaped, pretty spacious home for that time and place, and... Uh, the uh, regulators were not trapped for a day with their women, but they were in there for five days, five-day battle of Lincoln. And uh, the uh, the interesting thing is the regulators, you know, when the war of the five-day battle started in July, the regulators had numbers. They had almost 60 men uh, in Lincoln, and they outnumbered uh, Murphy and Dolan's men. The the problem strategically probably should have been good. Um, and I'm going for a memory here, but I think they had about 20 men stationed at the Montano store, another 20 in the Torreon. And then they had 20 in McSween's house. McSween had determined that he was never going to be driven out of his house alive again. And uh, so he intended to stay, but uh, because they were kind of cut off from communication from where the McSween house was to the, uh, to the Montaño store is probably a half mile. So, you know, difficult to communicate if you can't get somebody between them. And once uh, Murphy and Dolan's men took up positions and then, of course, when Colonel Dudley came to town with his troops, the communication was cut off. So it really was 20 versus the uh, U.S. Cavalry uh, or U.S. Army and whatever of Murphy and Dolan's men were there. Uh, and the five-day battle lasted five days, and Adobe House is very difficult to burn. Adobe is mud and, you know, earth, and uh, it doesn't burn very easily, so it took quite a while to get that fire going, but once it went, uh, that fire continued and just kind of circled its way around the house, leaving those guys uh, with really no choice but to either fight their way out or find some other Escape, otherwise they would have burned alive. But the McSween house definitely not a big two story. Nobody was on the upper floor going, Yeah, Charlie, yeah, Charlie. Um, Kenny,
1: I'm gonna kill you. Uh,
0: yeah, that, that didn't happen at least up on the second floor and throwing out a bunch of uh, books and things that would burn and all that. Um, yeah, just no, 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 no. Um, why? Why in the movie would they have done this? Um, I don't know, actually, to make it probably to make it seem more desperate. Uh, and, and point number 10, we'll talk about the escape from the McQueen house. Um, but, uh, you know, that would be one thing. Hey, you're on the second floor. You can't just run out. Um, the bottom floor is on fire. The smoke's rising. It's choking you. Okay, so that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't really know why. The lot in Cerillos, New Mexico, where the house was—it's now a park, by the way—and they did actually burn that house down during the filming. But the uh, uh, the <coughs> pardon me, but the 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 area that was there would certainly have been big enough to build at least a scale replica of an Adobe home. So there had to be something, in, you know, in John Fusco's uh, Fusco Fusco something in his mind or you know the vision that he wrote the film, where that was more effective. And it could have been to set up the ending, um, which we'll get to next. So that's number nine. Number 10 thing, we said 10 things that Young Guns got wrong, and there's plenty more, but number 10 is that Billy escapes from the burning McSween house by being put in a trunk, and then they roll him down the outside stairs where they throw him off the roof and he rolls, you know, onto the, the front yard of the uh of the McSween house as the soldiers and Murphy and Dolan's men look on flabbergasted. Now in the film at some point, you know, Billy knocks the from inside the the chest, he knocks the uh the lid open, he comes out, you know, slow motion. Screaming, and he starts firing, and he kills a bunch of men. He think he takes three bullets, and uh, then he escapes in broad daylight when Chavez, E. Chavez, played by Lou Diamond Phillips, gets the horses and comes galloping in to save the day. And uh, Billy mounts up, gets away, uh, and then lives to fight another day. Well, and, the, and it's in broad daylight, by the way. Well, that... <laughs> That was cool. Right. It's like a superhero type ending. And of course, Charlie Boundary dies right there. Well, he's uh, he kills John Kinney in his, you know, the last pull of the trigger. And then he dies. Uh, That didn't also happen at the five day battle. Uh, Dirty Steve Stevens gets cut down. Um, I don't remember that Dirty Steve died. There was a Dirty Steve Stevens. I, I don't remember that he died during the five-day battle, but I guess he could have. Um, and uh, then, of course, McSween comes out, and he's cheering for some inexplic- <laughs> inexplicable reason. McSween, with all these guns going off and all these people want to kill him, he's cheering like like he, he's, he's a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader.
1: Yeah, boys, go, boys.
0: And then eventually they open up on the Gatling gun Gatling gun, and they just cut mm-hmm. him down. Cool. I don't understand why he just stood there. <laughs> but that, <laughs> that didn't <matter>. happen. <laughs> they should have put him in one of those cheerleader uh, costumes. But uh, that uh, that didn't happen that way either. So uh, first things first, the escape from the McQueen house was at night. Uh, they waited, the regulators waited until the cover of darkness was upon them uh, because they had to sneak out. You know, they had to run out of the uh, you know, the uh, exit that was nearest to the uh, to the back wall so they could hop the wall, get down to the river and make their way to safety. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is. Uh, they, The first group, including Billy Bonnie, ran out and actually made it across the yard, even though the, the building was on fire. So some of the flames were lighting the night, uh, but they made it across the yard. And I don't, don't believe there was even a shot fired. And they got over the wall and down into the trees and into the Rio Bonito and then uh, made their way out of town to safety. Uh, the next group had uh, Harvey Morris, Senor Salazar. Alexander McSween and they came out and there was enough light by the fire for them, for uh, Brady's men to see what was going on. And they opened up the gates of hell on them. And, uh, and those guys were uh, cut down Uh, McSween at some point did not start cheering for the regulators. uh, But at some point McSween intimated or said, I'm McSween, I'm going to surrender or, you know, I'm going to give myself up. At least that was the testimony, and then he changed his mind at some point and said, "You know, I'm, I'm, I'll never surrender." And of course, that uh, that was all that the guys on the other end of those guns needed in order to uh, shoot him dead. Um, I wrote that scene a little more humorously in the first Back to Billy book, uh, but uh, but followed you know the uh, the original uh, the historical version of it as closely as I could. Um, Chavez and Chavez was not in the McSween house, did not sneak out and get a bunch of horses and help the guys ride to freedom. Nobody threw Billy out onto the, uh, out of the McSween doorway in a trunk and he didn't come out shooting at anybody. None of that zero of that happened. It looked, as I said, really, really cool on the film. You know, it's a good ending. It gives you that superheroish type persona, but, uh, I think the actual uh, escape for Billy was more of a, man, I hope I get the hell across this backyard and over the wall before they kill me. And uh, just running as fast as you can. Self-preservation, that's all it is. So uh, 10 things that Young Guns got wrong, but still was a damn fine movie. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Yes, I have a bonus 11th thing that Young Guns got wrong. Uh, there's probably a website somewhere that would tell you all the things and I'm sure there's 50 of them. Um, but there's, here's the bonus one, the bonus one, uh, during the, in the film, you see Billy gets his picture taken, Emilio Estevez, and uh, he gives a copy of it to Alexander McSween who won't take it. And so Billy then gives it to his wife who says, oh, thank you, Billy, (laughs) um, And as as I remember, the picture was actually pretty big. It was almost like it was printed on paper or something. Uh, Billy had a ferrotype made, but that was not taken during the Lincoln County War or anywhere near Lincoln. If it is an actual picture of Billy the Kid, which we're relatively certain it is, but there are people that say, hey, there's no provenance for it. And so you can't prove it. Nobody from that time frame ever identified that exact picture. I don't know that I believe that, but... But anyway, that picture was taken either late 1879 or early 1880 in Fort Sumner, most likely in front of Beaver Smith's saloon. And so the Lincoln County War was over by July 1878. So that picture for certain was not taken, was not proffered to Alex McSween because he was dead. Um, Maybe Sue McSween got a copy when Billy made his way back to town, uh, you know, before he was uh, chased down, hunted down, arrested by Garrett, but uh, definitely did not happen during the war. So there you go, your bonus 11th thing that Young Guns Got Wrong. But I want to reiterate, such a great movie. Uh, It was really well done. And the the thing I remember most about Young Guns was I was not into Westerns at all. I mean, not one bit. I was dating a girl at the time named Eileen Mangano. So Eileen, if you're listening, how you doing? <laughs> uh, she was just in love with Kiefer Sutherland. And that's the reason that she insisted that we go see the movie. I wasn't into Kiefer Sutherland. I wasn't into Westerns. And if you remember when they uh, were were advertising the movie, when the trailer came out, it didn't say anything about Billy the Kid. It was this cool idea of these young gunfighters that were all these Brat Pack actors. But it never mentioned Billy the Kid. So I'm sitting there in the theater, and I'm watching the movie. And then you start, you know, the name is Billy. And then all of a sudden it started to dawn on me that, oh my gosh, this is a story of Billy the Kid. I don't know who that is, but I know I've heard the name. And it really made me wonder, hey, is this true? Did it really happen this way? So I was intrigued by it, but that's as far as it went for me until Young Guns 2 came out a few years later. Young Guns 2, I was down in Orlando with my uh, then fiance. Now ex wife, <laughs> um, and uh, we, uh, the 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 film had come out. we were on we we're on vacation in Orlando, and uh, so I wanted to see it. I thought, oh, you know, I I kind of like that first one. I, was, I guess it was about three years later, and uh, so I'd like to go see this one. So we go to the theater. It starts playing, and we're not ten minutes in, and the, you know, you see that like this the film melting on the screen. Wah-wah. And the the projector goes off, and everybody groans, "Oh!" So the theater manager, who was a kid who looked like he was probably seventeen years old, comes in and goes, "Hey, I'm really sorry. We'll give you your money back if you want to go. we need to change the bulb. I don't know fifteen or twenty minutes. If you want to stay, uh, we'll give you a free popcorn and a soda And so I wanted to see the movie, so we stayed. And it came back on fifteen or twenty minutes, and we watched it. And that especially, that second movie, and that even the the uh, the ending, yeah. the you know, the brushy Bill Roberts question mark at the end, just so intrigued me to want to learn about uh, Billy the Kid's life. That that's when I started. I went to Barnes and Noble bookstore. I think it was Barnes and Noble. In Paramus, New Jersey. When I got back, I lived in New Jersey at the time, and I got uh, Robert Utley's *Billy the Kid: A Short and Violent Life*. Um, and then I started finding other books, and then went on my first trip to Lincoln, and then so on and so forth and so on. And that's that's how it all happened to me. So it never would have happened. I wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be in New Mexico. Wouldn't have made these films. Written the books. Wouldn't be talking to you on this. All Things Billy podcast, but for Eileen Mangano and her absolute infatuation with Kiefer Sutherland. I don't know if she ever met him. I hope she did. I hope they were very happy in their in their time together. But uh, that's, uh, that's how it all happened for me. How about you? What was the movie or the book or the experience that got you into Billy the Kid, El Chivato? Let me know. You can email the show at... Billy the kid rides again at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter at BTK Or you can go over to my YouTube channel, Michael Anthony, Judas and you can uh, listen to uh, the audio version of the podcast there, catch up on some of the other movie projects, uh, see some book reviews, et cetera, et cetera. Good, uh, more stuff coming up um, for me. Uh, Just uh, spoke to my editor today for my upcoming film, The Final Trial of Billy the Kid, which is all filmed. The editor's working on it halfway through a rough cut and uh, expects that by the end of next week, we'll have a full rough cut to watch, which I'm really excited about. Um, You know, when you're filming something and it's just that, you know, relentless next shot, next scene, next angle, those kind of things, it's, you hope it looks good. You hope it sounds good. You hope you captured the performances and you can watch the dailies. But, you know, there's only so much of that you can see. Um, So I'm really excited to see a a rough assembly of the film um, and uh, where it's going. And then we'll start to really hone in on the uh, fine tuning it and uh, tightening up the edits and making sure it's impactful. And then you talk about adding the score and sound, you know, the sound design, all those things. And then when you've got that all done, then you've got a film. And then you figure out your premiere date. You figure out who your distributor is going to be, how you're going to distribute the film. So there's a lot of fun work to come up to get that one uh, done and ready to go. And uh, that uh, film has spawned some, Future podcast episodes with some things that will make you shake your head, uh, almost unbelievably, uh, with some of the experiences that have gone on, uh, and, you know, during the the, the conception uh, and uh, the attempt at you know three or four different versions of that film before we finally got the one filmed that we did back in September. So uh, I'm excited to bring you the final trial. Of Billy the Kid from Mankind Productions uh, sometime on or before 14 July 2022. I thought about holding it back until July 14th because essentially the film is a dramatic courtroom trial film about what happened that night or what didn't happen. Uh, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Anyway, I'd uh, love to hear from you, uh, ideas for future episodes. Uh, if you uh, know somebody that should be a guest, we'd love to have them on. Uh, but uh, thanks for sharing this time with me with the 10 things Young Guns Got Wrong. And uh, hey, go give it a watch tonight. Uh, and uh, email me, BT, Billy the Kid Rides Again at gmail.com. Let me know your favorite Billy movie, what you got coming up. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I'll see you next time.
1: When the shooting starts, we'll just duck down on the floor. Yeah, we stuck down in the middle of the Lincoln County war. Stuck down in the middle, guess we'll wait and see who's gonna win this war between big Regular.